Hi, Brett Nelty here. If you thought last year's Wellness Summit was big, just wait for the 2016 edition. New speakers, incredible venue, world-class exhibitors, and 1,000 of your closest wellness enthusiasts hanging around all in one place. A strictly limited number of two-for-one tickets have just been released, so get in whilst you can enjoy the Wellness Summit for less than $10 per hour. We haven't released any tickets for quite some time, and this block of tickets are available right now. All you have to do is go to thewellnesssummit.com. That's thewellnesssummit.com. Enter your name and your details, and then mark off your calendar for the 10th and 11th of September in your diary, and we'll see you at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Center for the biggest wellness event of the year. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week I'm joined by a qualified CTC master therapist, we'll find out more about that later, a Reiki master, a practitioner of ELP, NLP, oh, sorry, EFT, NLP, and hypnosis, who uses a combination of these therapies to help people on their health and wellness path. She's also acclaimed a whole series of ebooks called The Nourish Kitchen, which are just fabulous, and we're definitely going to talk more about those. She's a health coach, um, and she's always learning, and, and the studies built upon her bachelor qualifications with majors in psychology and sociology, and a postgraduate diploma in communication management. That's quite a mouthful. She's got a whole array of skills and knowledge that she's going to share with us today. So welcome to the show, Amy Crawford. Thank you very much for having me, Brett. I'm excited to to have you on today. There's so much (laughs) stuff we can talk about in there. You have got such a a depth of experience in a whole range of areas there, but but all of which are very pertinent to our listeners and, and some great information I know you've got to share. So Tell us about these studies. Where did you start with all these studies and, and how, did you, how did you decide to do all of these different interesting areas? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, so basically everything that I'm doing has come about really only, well, it has only come about over the last four, four years. Um, so in a nutshell, I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome beginning of 2011 after a really slow decline in health. And at that point, I was actually a recruiter. So I'd been in the recruitment industry for 18 years um, and I had a recruitment business that I literally shut down within three minutes of my diagnosis, moved down to Tasmania and lived with my mum and dad at the ripe age of 39, which held its own challenges. Um, and But literally, I mean, I was so blessed because I had an amazing, I do have an amazing integrative doctor who introduced me to the whole notion of just eating close to nature. So... I went down to Tasmania and, and there I was for a year and my primary focus was purely to reclaim my life. It was, it was pretty bad. I, I couldn't see people, I couldn't listen to music, couldn't exercise, couldn't work, couldn't yeah. email, you know, all those sorts of things. So really um, uh, effectively I, I sort of threw myself into expanding my knowledge in terms of, you know, how I could, I could get my life back on track and I had to mm. detox my life. I had terrible heavy metal poisoning issues and then when I came back to Melbourne um, during 2012, I knew that my the corporate career was behind me and I, I started just really kind of just trusting in what felt good for me. But I, I had this incredible feeling that something amazing was going to happen as a result of this chronic illness. Mm. Um, and so I just started sort of, you know, going to events and um, going to places where I just felt that I'd perhaps meet some like-minded people or start getting a bit of a feel as to what felt right for me. 
And during that time, um, I became interested in energy healing as part of my recovery. And I obviously became very, very sensitive to energy, having chronic fatigue. And I met an amazing woman, Joanne Antone, um, who lives up in Sydney, who's actually the founder of this whole range of therapies that I now provide, CTC. Mm-hmm. So with Joe, um, I had some Reiki sessions and then became, you know, I did my Reiki training through her, um, became a Reiki master. And she, at this point, was the only, you know, three years ago, three and a half years ago, was the only person in the world delivering this CTC process. And, you know, I'd said to her at the time, because my, I literally walked into this therapy with chronic fatigue and walked out without it. Um, and at that point, I said to her, you know, you've got to do something with this. Like it's... She, she, you know, she's so heavily booked all the time and she was one person in the world delivering this incredible life transformational um, session. So she decided to make it a practitioner course. Um, so long, long answer. Um, I know. But so what, what I did is I went on to be one of the first practitioners to come to go through that course with Jo um, about three and a half years ago. Yeah. And so I studied all of those. Um, so hypnosis, EFT, NLP and Reiki, all of that through the one person. Yeah, okay. So let's yeah. talk about each of those because many people are hearing these uh, these letters and thinking, I have mm. no idea what that means. So hypnosis, yeah. most people will have heard of hypnosis, but tell us about hypnosis in regards to health what I and do. healing. Yeah, so look, in terms of the hypnosis that I provide, nobody, um, I don't see clients for a session of hypnosis or emotional freedom technique or any of the other processes. What I do is I combine all of them into one two-hour session depending on what is going on for the client, and we'll, I'll talk about that more later. Um, but so in my particular process, all I do is drop a client down. Uh, sorry, I don't, I don't drop them under uh, to the point that I need to kind of get you back. All I do is get you out and get the client in such a, a blissed-out state that I can then speak to the unconscious mind where all the information is stored. So when a client comes to me, often they have absolutely no idea where all the issues that they're dealing with stem from. And that's effectively what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the very root cause of where, you know, limiting beliefs, the feeling of not being good enough, where it all started. But in order to get that information, I need to be able to speak to their unconscious mind, which I can only do when we get somebody into such a blissed out state. So so no clucking like a chicken or dancing like a ballerina? (laughs) None of that. (laughs) All right. So that's the hypnosis. Let's go NLP. Now, many people will have heard of NLP, but there'll be others who haven't heard of NLP. So tell us, what is NLP? Yeah, so NLP, um, look, you know, many practitioners will, I'm sure, would do, would use this in many different ways, but effectively neuro-linguistic programming is, looks at your mind mechanics. Um, and so there are probably two or three different processes that I use within my two-hour session that, that um, yeah, that, 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 the, the way in which I use it, it has a real mind-body-spirit focus, which will be – so a lot of people might do some NLP training or processes, for instance, when they're doing, um, say, in the corporate world, when they're looking to, to, mm. for sort of selling techniques. So yeah. it's all around language. In my process, it's, um, it's combined with sort of, I guess, more of a spiritual focus, so it's probably quite dissimilar to what most people would have experienced. Yeah, okay. But, it, but it's around looking at how you're languaging and how that's then impacting on your mind and how that's yes. then impacting on your health. Yes, that's exactly right. And the words that you choose, knowing that, you know, everything we think, say, or feel becomes our reality. So as part of the process, not only do I sort of clear up everything that is going on for somebody, but then I help them in terms of their language use and the thoughts that they choose, but the way that, you know, the, the words that they choose 
in terms of you know ensuring that they can they, they change old patterns of behaviour. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and I've done a little bit of NLP and, and it's fascinating. It's, it's, yeah, it is fascinating. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So EFT that's something I have come across before yeah. and and certainly. Um, you know, one of my earliest influences was Dr. Joe McCola, who has that amazing website, McCola.com, which is, yep. you know, is huge. And yep. he was talking about EFT, and that was probably the first thing I heard of it. But once again, there'll be many yep. people who haven't heard of it. So tell us a bit about EFT and how that works. Yeah, so EFT, I mean, it's it's so utterly powerful. So effectively, um, so I'm sure many listeners have had acupuncture before. So EFT is mm. very much like acupuncture, but you'd be pleased to know without the needles. So effectively what we do is we tap on specific meridian points of your upper body um, and it works in the premise that obviously, you know, we have many different meridian pathways or energy pathways that run around our bodies um, and the issue that many have is that there are, these pathways are full of knots, energetic knots if you like. So for instance, you know, that feeling of not being good enough, a fear of spiders and addicted to su- addiction to sugar, whatever it is, they're like little knots in your energy sphere. And by tapping on these specific points of your upper body, we literally bring these knots to the surface and they disappear just like that. I mean, it's, it's really extraordinary. Um, so you can, there's a lot of, there's a wealth of information online around tapping and you can certainly learn to do it, to, do it yourself. But I, in, in this particular process, the power of it is what I do is I do a round of, C, of sorry, of EFT um, and before you do this round, you, you rate the intensity of the feelings that you have. And depending on the readiness of somebody to let go of everything that's holding them back, they will typically drop to zero of, uh, following one round of tapping. And then what I do is go and clear it up from a mind-body-spirit level with all these other processes. So, but it is, it's, it's utterly extraordinary how quickly you can clear these knots in your energy. It blows my mind. <laughs> all right. So yeah. we're sort of, we're developing a whole package here. So the next one you do, Reiki. Tell us yeah. about Reiki. Many people have heard of Reiki, perhaps seen Reiki, yeah. perhaps experienced Reiki, but I think many people still don't quite get what it is what or it how is. it works. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, so effectively, um, so it's, it's scientifically proven that there's universal life energy that flows through all of us. And, you, you know, and when I talk about this life energy, it's sort of that, that sense of personal power or vibration. And you know, I guess um, to try and provide a bit more clarity around that, that feeling you get, for instance, when you walk away from someone that makes you feel amazing. You know, some people have this beautiful energy. And this, this life energy that we talk about, um, effectively when you become a Reiki practitioner, all you become is a receptacle of that life energy. So as a Reiki practitioner, when you put your hands on or near somebody, the energy flows from the universe through me into, into, into my client, um, which sounds terribly woo-woo unless you've had it and experienced the wonders of it. Um, but it's basically used to clear and balance chakras in somebody's body. So you're able to tell where there are blockages in, in somebody's um, chakra, in, in their energy. Um, and it's used to facilitate heal, healing, um, obviously to clear these chakras um, to help you know, with enhancing somebody's mood, pulls them out of depression. And it's even actually a process now that's used in quite a lot of, you know, for instance, medical clinics in hospitals because it's proving, it's proving to have such great, a great effect. So it's a, it's a beautiful, relaxing kind of blissful process. Um, and in a typical Reiki session, you're seen to be lying on a massage table, fully clothed, and it is either hands-on or hands-off, but effectively, you know, people feel different things during that session. You might sort of feel surges of energy. You might feel sort of a bit electric. Um, you, but, but walking away, it just feel, you just, it's just this beautiful sense of kind of bliss and balance. That's my experience. 
Nice. Yeah. All right. So, so the, mm. combining all this together is being a qualified CTC master therapist. So, tell us what that stands for. Yeah. So, CTC stands for Combined Therapy Cocktail. So, it's a combination of all those therapies in one two-hour session. Yeah. Okay. And it's you know, and I, I it's a it's it's an interesting one. I I obviously get asked about what I do quite a lot, and a lot of, you know, reaction from a lot of people is what the I mean. <laughs> You know, I've been carrying I've been carrying this crap around, whatever it is, for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. How could you possibly frame me of it in two hours? And, you know, I get that because when I learned about this process, I thought, well, that sounds a bit ridiculous. You know, I was really quite the cynic. But now I see miracles happening every single day. And I think I believe that the issue we have as humans is that we've been conditioned to believe that if we've been carrying this stuff around... For that, for that long, for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, there must have to be a complicated solution. You must have to go to see a, you know, a psychologist for 10 years. And I did myself. I, during Leading up to my illness and during it, I, had a, I had, saw a psychologist every month and she was amazing, but she never got to the bottom of what was going on for me. Um, and I haven't seen her since. In fact, she rang me three months after my CTC session to check that I was okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and I said, I'm entirely fine. I've just got nothing to say, nothing to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. So along the way, you've also studied integrative nutrition and yes. you've started a, a whole series of ebooks called A Nourished Kitchen. So yeah. tell us about the ebooks. How did they come about? Well, that's a good story. So basically, so when I came back from Tassie during 2012, at this point, having no real idea what I was going to do with my life, I didn't for a minute think that I had any future in food. I didn't particularly think I had any skills in food either. Um, and a girlfriend said, I still I wasn't working full time. I really wasn't still that well. And a girlfriend suggested that what I should do is set up an Instagram account just for fun. And I thought, well, I said, okay, I'm happy to do that. But what am I going to take photos of? And she said, I don't know, just start taking photos of what you're eating or something. <laughs> and I and I literally did. And at this point, I was eating. It, my diet was entirely unprocessed, so nothing out of a packet, whole foods. And I love my food and all during my recovery, it was really important to me that I was able to, to put food on a plate that not only looked good but tasted great and didn't leave me feeling like I was missing out. So it was kind of healthy versions of naughty food, I suppose. <laughs> anyway, so I started taking photos of my Instagram, of, sorry, of what I was eating and people started following me. A lot of people started following me very quickly and within sort of probably three months, I had about four or 5,000 followers. And somebody said to me, well, you know, there's got to be a future in this. You've obviously got some skills. You know, why don't you, why don't you start putting your recipes together? And to be honest, I was getting pretty sick and tired of having to type up all the recipes on my Instagram account because everyone was just saying, oh, that looks amazing. What's the recipe? So I was <laughs> spending hours, um, you know, texting out, all, <laughs> typing out all these recipes um, and then at the same time, I already, because I'm also very passionate about writing, um, and I thought, well, I love writing, I love food, I've got to combine some all of this. So I actually set up a really quick little, a very simple WordPress blog called The Holistic Ingredient, and I started writing about stuff that had helped me in my journey. But I also started um, including my recipes in my, on my blog. And then sort of within about four months of that, I decided to turn a lot of these initial recipes into a recipe book. Um, so that was A Nourishing Kitchen, which is the first in the series that I've put together. Um, and effectively, it's just all whole foods, back to nature, just showing people how easy it is to eat simple food, but, you know, simple, delicious food. But the story around this is what happened is I, um, I literally, during this time, I was in the kitchen, I put together 75 recipes, and they're all written on scraps of paper. Because obviously when you're in the kitchen, it's kind of a bit hard to work with a device with sticky fingers. Um, 
So I was taste, getting taste testers and all sorts of things and I had all these scraps of paper in a manila folder and I took oh, them up no. to Sydney when I went to do my CTC training thinking that I'd have time at the end of the day to jump to, to start typing up all these recipes, which was going to be a huge job. I put them in the bed next to the I put them in the bedside table of the service department I was staying in and came back to Melbourne after that week, hadn't touched them and realised three days later that they weren't with me. And I and just to make the point, I hadn't worked now for a year and a half. I had no income and I was really rather desperately hoping that this book would be my rent for the next six months or something close. <laughs> uh, so I called, I realised with absolute horror what had happened and I called the service department and the woman said, oh, look, I'll track down the cleaner. She tracked down the cleaner, found out that the cleaner had thrown them in the bin and I said, well, I'll come up on the next plane and go through your recycling bin and then learnt that the recycling, I mean, the council had picked up the recycling bin that morning. <laughs> so I had to start again. Um, I lost the entire first edition, which, you know, was, was really quite gutting. But at the same time, everything happens for a reason. I, I, had to, I was forced then to make, you know, a really empowered choice in terms of how I, let, you know, manage my energy during that process. And, and then probably within two or three months of that, the, it was actually finally born. <laughs> there you go. A refined 45 recipe version. So which one was better, the first edition or the second edition? Well, I can tell you the first edition um, was without question the most popular, it, uh, but I think I, I think I timed it very well at that point. Ebooks were fewer and far between in the industry. Um, yeah. Now it's quite a saturated market, and it went nuts. It was amazing. It, it it just it was the most exciting moment as soon as I put it for sale, and it just started moving. The next one was a nourishing morning, which I put an awful lot more work into. So that's seventy five recipes for any time up up until noon. With a and I do all the photography and styling myself, and there's a photo for every recipe. I, I put so much more work into that, and it was still really popular, but didn't sell nearly as many as the first. <laughs> and in fact, with every book that I've done, as much as I love them, um, and I think this is just part of the you know online space. Every you know, there's just been less take up for some mm. because of the saturation. Yeah, yeah. So tell us about the Nourishing Kids ebook. How did that come about? Um, well, I think really I'm, I don't have kids, but I, knowing what I do about my market and the community around me, an awful lot of people that follow me do. And so it was a really obvious necessary inclusion in terms of my offering. And it was an absolute delight to do. I've got gorgeous girls that live next door who actually feature in that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I was really trying to, the book was put together to try and help parents include more vegetables in their children's diets and, and more so for those kids that just despise the veggies. <laughs> so, for instance, there's an amazing recipe in there that I absolutely love called Chalky Mud and you could feed it to adults and they wouldn't have a clue what's mm. in it. But effectively, it's pureed vegetables like sweet potato and carrot and pumpkin but also kale and spinach and whatever you want mixed with cacao and avocado and, mm. you know, cinnamon and it's this becomes this beautiful chocolate dip that you serve with, for kids with fruit. So it really helps it helps the parents so they're not having that sort of continuous fight with the kids to get them to eat veggies, but we've just made these beautiful, healthy versions of typical kids' snacks and mm. party food and breakfasts and dinners and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So obviously having got this information out there, having shared this book, you know, you would have had a lot of feedback from people, from families, from, from people who were enjoying these recipes and making changes in their own health and lifestyle. So. Are there any of those that really stand out for you in terms of the feedback you got and the changes people had made? 
over in terms of the whole series? Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Oodles, um, which is just so reaffirming and so wonderful um, because, as I, as I said, I didn't think that I had any any real future in, in food. But I think what's been so lovely is that I think what people seem to be appreciating the most is that I clearly have a real love for food. I'm not rigid. Um, I I don't believe in being perfect all the time. I like I like food to not only be nourishing but to be really enjoying it mm. to, to be really just to be delicious. So I think people seem to appreciate the fact that I've found um, I'm sort of honing in on all those sorts of foods that 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 whether it be you know, like say burgers or ice cream or chocolates and that sort of stuff, but turning them into teaching them how easy it is to simplify these recipes and turn them into healthy, nourishing meals. So a lot of the feedback is around is is I get from people is is the fact that my recipes are very simple, um, and and they're recipes that all the, fa- the the whole family loves. Then you know I'm not a I'm not a technical cook. I don't like spending much time in the kitchen. I like to keep it really simple, and I think you can see that through most most of my recipes. Yeah. And so obviously these sort of recipes and this sort of eating had a huge impact on you. So what was the biggest change for you I guess in terms of your health when it comes to the food side of things because obviously your yeah. your other therapies may have had a big impact but Definitely. what was it in terms of the food that you did that you felt really made a difference for you? Yeah oh look there's no question that food was the most substantial I mean yeah it was a no-brainer so effectively um so as I said, I have an amazing doctor and he, he the best message that I could have received is he said to me um, when we knew things were pretty bad, he said, I want you to imagine with everything that you eat that you, when you're eating something, you want to imagine whether, you, you want to consider whether you could literally grow it in your backyard, you know, and that kind of made it really simple for me because mm. it was like, well, can I, I mean, you know, obviously it's climate dependent to some degree, so some of the nuts I probably couldn't grow or whatever, but it was, and I don't have cows growing in my backyard either in a suburban area of Melbourne, <laughs> but um, you get my drift. It was sort of, well, could I, could I eat this whole food from my backyard? And that was kind of in the back of my mind the whole time. So, so as I said, I sort of, you know, I stuck away. I, I didn't typically, I learned very quickly not to shop in supermarkets because they're a trap for processed food. I tended mm. to go to whole food markets and little organic stores. So I, I did go organic entirely with everything that I ate. Um, but it was just, but I, and I also invested, well, actually, I didn't invest. My parents invested in a Thermomix for me, which is, mm. for those that don't know, a beautiful, you know, high powered kitchen appliance which enabled me to make my own almond, you know, all my own nut butters and my own milks and all that sort of thing. So going to an entirely whole food diet is without question one of the reasons my recovery was so swift, definitely, because I learnt, I think, you know, one of the other messages that I share is that I think, I think the most important decision you can make in your day is, is, is whatever it is that you choose to put on the, fork, the end of your fork. Every, you know, because that affects obviously your life, your health, the economy, the environment, everything. And so when I eat something, I like to consider the fact, well, is it actually going to add value to my life or is it going to retract from it? Because I'm, you know, I know how bad it is to feel really, really unwell and not have a life effectively. Yeah, absolutely. So (laughs) do you think, was there any one particular food or one particular change you made that had the biggest impact or do you think it was just the combination of all of those changes you made? Um... I would say, yeah, that's an interesting one. My, see, my diet wasn't ever, relatively speaking, people will probably say that my diet was quite good. 
But I, but you know, for instance, I, I was very much a low fat girl though, so I was fearful of fats, very yeah. fearful. So I was, I, I'd have never had any, you know, I've always, I'm, I eat protein, I'm, I'm a meat eater, and I would always have skin off my chicken and the fat off the lamb, and there'd never be olive oil or anything or butter or, on anything. And I, 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 one of the issues with my recovery with my illness was that I had. Um, toxicity readings off the Richter scale, in particular heavy metal. Um, sorry, in particular mercury. And and I understand from from what I understand now is that you need good fats in your diet to combine with these toxins to help you know eradicate them from your body. But I didn't have any of them. I barely had any in my system. So I think probably the recognition that good fats are good, that fats are good. Um, but as well, without question, removing sugar from my diet had a marked impact on my energy and the levelling out of my energy, if you like. So, I, you know, I used to get up every day and make this massive fruit salad and put low-fat natural yogurt on it thinking, God, you know, how healthy am I? But, you know, a little bit of fruit salad's okay yeah. for some, but a massive bowl of it every single day is probably not, particularly yeah. when your energy is very sensitive. Um yeah, so, and there were sort of little bits and pieces of sugar. You know, I, I used to go and grab a handful of lollies in mid-afternoon at work in the corporate world when I was tired because I felt that's, that was what I needed. Um, so certainly eliminating sugar was, was quite substantial, yeah, and adding in good fats. Nice. And as you said, things that people would just consider so normal and actually quite healthy. You know, people are sitting there thinking, well, hang yeah. on. You know, a bit of fruit and some low-fat yogurt, that sounds yeah. like what we're told to eat. Like, that's actually well, what's recommended to us to eat. Yeah. Um, how could exactly that be a problem? Right. But it's also not sustaining. You know, you have fruit salad and low-fat yogurt for, for, for breakfast and, you know, by 11 o'clock you're probably, your energy may not be great and you're, you're getting hungry. So, yeah. yeah, it is. It's so it's so very interesting what we think to be. Another thing, that, another habit that I was in um, that I also thought was a really bloody good habit was eating tin tuna. So, in the corporate world, it was really easy for me to go to work with a container of raw salad, which you know, which is good, um, with a small tin of tuna. Now, the issue around a lot of the tuna that we eat is it tends to be, you know, tuna is a very large fish. Tuna is laden with mercury, um, and if like me, you have difficulty detoxifying um, um, from in, in from your system, this can be a real issue. Um, but you know, every lunch, I was having a can of tuna on a raw salad with no good fats thinking I was doing myself lots of favours. Yeah. But in, I was just adding to, to the issues really. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Once again, yeah. things that people think of and they think they're doing absolutely the right thing, they think they've yeah. been so healthy, yeah. but it can actually cause issues. Let's talk a bit about the mercury and the heavy metals. So what did you actually do to help you, to help eradicate yourself of those once they were there? Um, well, that's um, so that was, that was quite a process. But look, you know, I think... The, the one, a real positive for me, when, having learnt that I was this unwell and then suddenly having work taken away from me and my life kind of removed as far as, as, far as I knew it, I, all I could think about was getting well and, and I'm, I love having a sense of purpose and a challenge. And so my doctor had said to me at this time when we got my results back, which were really dire, he said, okay, Amy, you, you really are going to need to detoxify your life. So effectively what he did is he, 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 he said to me, you need to go through every room of your house and you need to remove every single um, chemical that you can find. So, you know, any kitchen sprays, you know, shampoos, conditioners, makeup, um, all the, any bathroom produce, anything you can think of, like even just as much as, you know, as much as, you know, candles, lovely smelly candles that I was, boil- that I was burning and perfume and all this stuff. 
Oh, and not to mention the blonding, you know, the hair dye that I was using. So if I, so slowly but surely I, I did that. I just pulled everything out of my home and my environment and off my skin and out of my hair. Um, and, and then I had to obviously look at the food that I was eating, so I went organic. And, um, and, but then I think probably the most significant, one of the most significant turning points in my recovery from chronic fatigue was the discovery of the far infrared sauna, which, uh, I mean, I'll just never forget the first, I, probably three months into my journey with chronic mm-hmm. fatigue. And I was, I, I literally almost couldn't leave the house and I found someone in Tasmania near where I was living who had one. And I, I went around and had, had a sauna and, and had, and felt this beautiful sense of almost kind of normal energy for the first time in a long time, at least just for 24 hours, but still it was incredible. Mm. And so then I started sitting in, a, in an infrared sauna every day. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was a bit of a game changer. And, and that was in terms yeah. of just detoxing? Yeah, so infrared saunas, are there, for those of you who haven't had one before, they're very well worth looking into if you are conscious of, you know, a toxic, toxic load or even if not, um, but they are renowned for helping eliminate heavy metals from your system. Um, so really it was, yeah, that was the main reason I was in it. But um, look, for a whole host of other reasons, that, they're great. They, they help, they're obviously beautifully relaxing. Um, they help elevate mood. They help with weight loss, you know, blood flow, all sorts of things. Um, but I have since purchased one. So I have one in my home and I, um, thanks to a grandmother who left me a little bit of money in her will, and, um, and I use it at least twice a week. Excellent. Well, I have experienced it as well. I I went to a retreat at a place called Pitchy Ritchie Park and they had one there and it was absolutely fabulous. I loved it. It was just beautiful. And we are actually going to be organising a a cave camp there, which is our retreat that we do for that paleo show. And and this is the first time I've mentioned it on the show. So everyone's going to find out about that within the next couple of weeks. We're going to have all of our stuff ready and organised to start promoting that. And there's going to be a very limited number of spots where people are going to be able to come along to a cave camp and, and incorporate all of this sort of stuff. And one of the things I'll get to experience is that infrared sauna. So I'm glad you mentioned that because those mm. are really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's fabulous. I love it. Awesome. So mm. it's been great having you on today, Amy. I know there's going to be people who have just loved the stuff you're talking about. They're going to want to get hold of these recipes you've got. Um, they're going to <laughs> want to try out some of these wellness therapies you've been talking about. So the best spot for them to find you is the whole, at your website, which is www.theholisticingredient.com. They can find all of those things there. Um, they can also find you on Facebook at The Holistic Ingredient, or you told me your baby was Instagram. You love getting yes. people following you there. So The Holistic <laughs> Ingredient on Instagram, you can go and see all those amazing pictures of this incredible food um, and check her out there. So once again, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for sharing your journey and your story with us, Amy. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Brett. It was great. I really enjoyed it. My pleasure. So until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.